showing up as a loving leader. Hey, it's Nikki Llewellyn Gregory, and you're on Gut Plus Science, a mentoring platform for people-first leaders of all levels. Here, we talk to exceptional leaders who prioritize culture, get fired up about employee engagement, and are excited to share ideas and tools for bettering employee experience to help others. Thank you for joining us to invest in being a better leader. Now, let's get to it. Oh boy, we are kicking off the year straight to the heart with Syl Trepanier. Here's my thing. Listen up, write notes, and do this stuff. This is powerful leadership stuff right here that you're about to hear. Let's go. Okay, we're back with another healthcare episode, and I get to co-host with David Black again today. David, will you tee us up and introduce our guest? I am thrilled to introduce Dr. Syl Trepanier. Syl is the System Chief Nursing Executive for Providence St. Joseph Health. If you don't know Providence St. Joseph Health, it represents 38,000 nurses across 51 hospitals, 1,000 clinics, seven states, just an incredible organization and one that requires strong leadership. And we are, we're blessed to have Syl joining us today. So thank you so much, Syl. Thank you. I'm excited. Well, we are so excited that you're here as well. And I'm personally so energized by this conversation topic around showing up as a loving leader. Can you talk about how love is core? to building trust and is core from your perspective in becoming and leading a great organization? In my opinion, uh, this comes from years of experience, but quite frankly, with age as well. Love is, no pun intended, at the heart of leadership. It is where leadership stems from. It's all the behaviors that we can demonstrate that we care for ourselves, that we care for others. You and I know what that looks like. We, we know what that feels like. It's all of those things that without it, uh, there can't be trust. And if there can't be trust, inspiration does not occur. And if inspiration does not occur, leadership just simply does not show up. So mm-hmm. to me, it's at the, it's at the heart mm-hmm. of it. Mm -hmm. And when you told David and myself on our prep call, you said, trust is the backbone to deliberate Mm -hmm. leadership. And I jotted down that quote. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? So at the heart of it all, right, are the loving behaviors and those loving behaviors, which you'll see described in in certain documents and in book literature and the likes, we oftentimes talk about showing up as a warm warming leader. So what warmth looks like, you know, the, the presence, the empathy, the active listening and all of that. When those behaviors show up, you can trust one another. And that's when trust builds. It's this energy that all of a sudden becomes present in the relationship. And it's that en- energy, that trust that allows us to inspire others. I I almost see this as a circle, if you will, this interdependence between love and that translates into trust that then allows for inspiration to occur, which then demonstrate itself in leadership. So let's break this down a little bit before I toss it over to David to go a little bit deeper on some questions he has. 
what does the framework look like for being a loving leader? So if you go deeper into, you know, what I affectionately call the circle of leadership, I believe that in order for trust to be present, you first need to show up as a loving leader. So the framework starts with me having deliberate behaviors that will be felt and experienced by others as act of love. And another way I could say that is that trust is formed and nurtured by us showing up as loving leaders. If we're like fully present, active listening, going the extra mile to support your team, doing what's right, being authentic, being honest, being consistent, those are the type of behaviors that will allow you to generate that trust that will support uh, inspiration. As you think through how do you embody trust, how do you build trust, what you're starting with, I sometimes focus on what are tactical things. So if you're a leader listening, what does love in action really look like as a leader? How do you plan for that? How do you design your day so that you go into it and you know as a leader that you are embodying that, you are demonstrating love in action? I have this ritual very early in the morning as I wake up. I have a ritual at night too, and we can maybe we'll have time to talk about that. Mm-hmm. The, the ritual at the beginning of the day is, is partially looking at what does my day look like right now? Who am I going to be meeting with? What's the purpose of those you know, conversations? And I ask myself, is there... And naturally, just by looking at the folks that I'm going to be meeting with or the, or the topic, is there a natural place where I can be very deliberate in inspiring others? You know, there was a time where I would say, who am I going to influence today and why am I going to do that? And the older I get, the more I realize that that becomes a bit of a forced function. And if I approach it that way, I'll be likely perceived that way. So my change in mindset and saying, who will I inspire today makes me show up very differently. And I, and it starts there. Yeah. I quit that to just smiling while you're on the phone, something that yeah, ends up yeah. translating. Uh, right. So yeah, yeah the selection yeah. of those words matter. So you've got it in, in the day ritual. I'm curious what, what that looks like. At the end of the day, And it's literally at the end of the day when I say like, I'm just about to put my head on that pillow. I I ask myself, hey, you know, today, this is what you had planned. This was what the schedule was going to look like. And sometimes you and I know that that looks very different and it's okay. But if it was somewhat the same as what we anticipated, I re-asked myself the question. So I said, at the beginning of the day, I said to myself, here's how I'm going to inspire. And then I now I ask myself, have I been able to do that? You know, from my perspective. Mm-hmm. If I did that, and if I feel like I did that, how did I go about doing this? So that I can repeat it again. Or sometimes I go, yep, well, yeah, not so much. It didn't happen today. And why is that? So that I can flex that muscle twice a day. And the more I flex that muscle, the easier it gets. There are probably days where you, that's harder than others. How do you stay motivated in that? I think that it's partially that comes with age maybe, but uh, I give myself grace and I give 
others grace as well. It's okay. It didn't happen today. It doesn't mean that it's not going to happen tomorrow. I worry that there's a lot of impatience out there, and I worry that we don't offer each other enough grace. And David, I'm so grateful that you broke this down to tactical because I love to learn that way as well, where we're like really talking about like these examples and learning, like how could I incorporate these things into my morning routine and evening routine? So thank you for sharing those. You know, I just thought, could you think of a deliberate loving leader that you could describe to us as an example of what this human in action looks like different from an an average leader. Because let's just be real. You know, there's so much challenge with, you know, the main reason why people leave their jobs is the direct leader that they work for. And a lot of times it's because they're not showing up with love in these things. So could you kind of bring that to life and walk us through what does this human leader in action that's showing up this way look like different than the average? Yeah. Well, yeah, they're authentic. They're authentic. You know, when they show up, what they say they'll do, they do. They follow up on what they say they do. And if they can't follow up, they have the ability to share why that is. Maybe, you know, why we changed, you know, we changed mode or why in the moment they're just not able to deliver what they think they're going to be able to deliver. And I find that loving leaders have this openness, uh, this authenticity, this vulnerability you know, in the moment, it's very attractive. Yeah. Like you're attracted to, to that. And I think that vulnerability is very much at the, at the core of that, particularly today. I'm so glad you went there because I wanted to talk about vulnerability. It is a hot topic among, you know, leadership today. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's ways that people practice vulnerability and it feels forced or inauthentic. And then there's like ways to do it that is just an extension of who you are. And each of us as humans, we're complex. Like it's it's different. And so I wanted you to talk about how does that look when vulnerability shows up inside of loving leaders? Just maybe share some examples or encourage our listeners on how they might practice that. You know, being a vulnerable leader is really having the courage to show up and call yourself out. For example, if you didn't show up as intended, I'm going to give you an example. I was recently reminded of a critical leadership lesson, which is listen, even when it's hard. And because I believe in the power of ref- reflection, when I heard that, I started reflecting on that reminder of listening, even when it's hard. And I asked myself, how could have I been recently in doing this part? I know I'm a really good listener. And am I the best? Have I been the best listener, even when it's hard? And, and I'm certainly not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. And I was, when I was thinking about that, I remembered it was at the time, it was like literally two days prior to that, that I realized that I was very ineffective. So reflecting on it, what would happen in that moment is I essentially neglected to keep an open mind and really allowed myself to be influenced by a very specific experience. I entered that particular conversation with a preconceived notion of where the conversation was going to go based on prior conversation. And, and I knew ahead of time that I would be troubled by part of its content. So in other words, I, was, I anticipated that I was going to hear something that just troubles me and it's just not aligned with my own values and I was just not open to 
listen to it because I have this preconceived notion. So I got myself all worked up. We all know what that can look like for ourselves. So this is an example of what not to do. And it's important to check in, to be honest, and constantly prepare yourself to be open when exchanging with others and when, even when it's hard. And by the way, I took that reflection and I turned it very quickly on a short story and a, on a post on social media. I did that because it's one way of increasing my vulnerability by sharing with others in all sorts of venues. And even having this conversation with you today right now reminds me of that there's different ways to demonstrate vulnerability. And it's almost like this win-win-win situation when you have the opportunity to be invited like I am today. Not only am I describing what that looks like, but I'm also being vulnerable in the moment by sharing that I did not act the way that I always wanted. It makes me think of the word extreme ownership or that, that phrase, extreme ownership, when it's like whatever it is, you know, we have intentions, intentions not enough a lot of times. And so to own how it is that we showed up. And I think just to share vulnerably for me, I do a lot of times come with an agenda and I'm like, we're going to get this done and we've got 30 minutes and all this. And it's like, if I just focus on being curious, there's so much that I can learn to step back <laughs> and not just be on my own agenda. And so curiosity has been my, that's like core, a core theme. It's my word of the year. And man, it's been helping me so much. I'm like, oh my gosh, the person I was before I used to do this was not the best. So learning a lot through that. So Sil, you spoke to David and me about creating a culture of warmth. It piqued my interest. I'm curious about that. Can you bring that to life for us? A culture of warmth? What does that look like? Yeah, absolutely. It's about showing up as a loving leader. It's that simple. One of my favorite quotes, uh, I hope I'm going to do this right. It's attributed to Eleanor Roosevelt. It goes something like this, like a good leader inspires people to have confidence in the leader and a great leader inspires people to have confidence in themselves. When you show up as a loving leader, you help people be the best they can be. Everyone deserves to experience us at our best. And the best way I know how to make this happen is by demonstrating love and warmth in the workplace. So we, we have seen kind of research studies about strong managers that have autonomy, uh, competence that they give for staff, and then relatedness. And the relatedness piece feels the most obtuse for folks as in leadership roles to really get their arm around. What are you doing to help folks feel related? As you've mentioned, culture of warmth, you mentioned love. I've heard gratitude being brought into that. How do you, how do you see gratitude showing up in practice? Or how do you expect your leaders across the organization to be focusing on showing up with gratitude in their work and support of, of their teams? I'm glad that you're calling this out. I certainly see much opportunities for us to to embrace, you know, gratitude. I would I would even you know share with you that it's not something that it was not a daily practice for me prior to, and I, I and I wish it had been. I would I wish I had latched onto that earlier in my life because I find the more I do of that, the better I am, and the better I'm experienced, you know, by others. I shared with you earlier that. Part of my night ritual is just that. It's, it's the opening of that night ritual 
I find something that I'm grateful for that just happened mm -hmm. since I woke up this morning. And sometimes I'll, in the moment, I'll call myself, I'm like, really, you can't think of anything better than that? There has, yeah. to, be, there has to be yeah. something else. And then I dig a little bit deeper. And then when you start to dig, because, you know, hey, I have my days too. Some days where I go like, I'm not grateful for anything today. I go like, no, that's not true. Yep. There has to be something and there is always something. And there's always something not superficial. There's always something super meaningful. I've got two boys and we you know, sit around the dinner table and we'll say, all right, what are you, you thankful for today? And we, we try to do it as often as we can. And sometimes they're, they're thankful for the most cursory thing. I built a cool Lego today or something like that. And you have to kind of dig deeper. And so, you know, my wife and I are the accountability partners for our kids saying, okay, let's go a little bit more than that. And it's helpful for us too. So I'm just curious yeah. who helps you think more grateful. Do you have groups in your social support circle that help you dig in that practice that help hold you accountable for it? Yeah, I do. I have great mentors that I reach out to a great deal and they've been very, very helpful. I mean, I'm grateful for this conversation. I actually see this conversation for it, frankly, as kind of a practice you know, session almost. You know, just the fact that we talk about it brings a higher level of awareness for me in the moment right now. Because, you know, the more you practice, the more you flex those muscles, the better you are at it. So I'm grateful for the opportunity just to be, be present so that I can be even more present in the future. And I think it is about repetition to build the habit, right? And I was kind of like, as you were talking, I was thinking, where did it come from for me? And I, it was leaders in my life that every time I was with them, they always mentioned that. Like I think of two people and when I was with them, it was always part of it. I'm so grateful for. And so that modeling and then mm -hmm. me starting to do that, to build that habit. So I think as leaders, like we model that and then we're doing that through repetition. And like you shared your practice at the end of the day or how you start the day. I really think that's the ripple effect that leaders can have on others. And mm -hmm. so much of it is in modeling. Mm -hmm. So, Sil, time for another story from your experience. Can you share mm -hmm. an example of meeting a challenging employee with love and how you showing up with love when it could have been a maybe heated thing or could have gone in a completely different direction of love because you showed up that way, it really transformed the situation. I was an ER nurse and an ED director for a few years. And I remember having a discussion with a nurse who was uh, struggling with substance abuse. And we suspected that something was happening and I was really worried for her well-being. I was a novice leader at the time. I didn't think I was, but trust me, I was. <laughs> but one thing I was good at, even as a novice leader, was listening and making people feel comfortable. So we talked a lot. And she quickly realized that she could trust me and that I would be there for her. And she knew in her heart what had to be done. And so we made the decision together. And I never thought less of her because of her disease. I shared with her that I would always be there. And then I made sure that I was there when she needed to chat or just someone to listen to whatever she had to say. Because of my role and because of what I was doing, I could have just fired her and be done with it. And who knows what would have happened with her after that. So being present with her and not judging her made all the difference in the world for this person. 
I can imagine that experience gave you something as a leader to take forward as a practice to continue to have and embody with others. As you think about just love, I'd imagine you didn't get a handbook for being a great leader that said, start with love. I'm curious, what was the experience or experiences that had you settle in on this, a core leadership identity? You know, I grew up in a super loving family. My parents loved me. They told me they loved me, both me and my sister, all the time. I was very fortunate. So in my family, we hugged, we kissed, we said we loved each other all the time. Now, I recognize that it's a huge blessing. I never doubted that my parents loved me as a person. I never, I don't remember feeling, gee, you know, do they, that was not even in my, on my radar screen. And so I'm a gay man. I came out, I was 30 years old. That's a long time. You think about it. Now, a product of my own generation, but at the end of the day, it was fairly late. And we could talk hours about why it took me so long. We won't go there today. But somehow, somehow I was afraid. I was afraid that my parents, my grandparents, my sister would be disappointed in me. Perhaps love me less. I will always remember that late afternoon where my parents came to visit. And I finally had the courage to say it out loud. You probably won't be surprised to hear that my parents were extremely accepting. It was not an issue. I also know that it's not like that for everybody and my parents really are the best. But what I also remember is my dad during that conversation. So if I'm being fully transparent here, I was not so much worried about telling it to my mom, but I was worried about telling it to my dad. I was worried he was going to be upset. And I remember my dad in that moment, the first thing that came out of his mouth as I was talking is that he loved me and that nothing would change that. And then he said, I am so sorry. I am so sorry if I had anything to do with you holding back. And then he said, I'm so sorry if I had anything to do with you being unhappy. And we hugged, (laughs) we cried, and we told each other how much we love each other. I was taught at a very early age the power of love. At my most vulnerable moment in my life, love is what made it possible. Wow. That story was I have all the feels. The vibration in this room is so high. <laughs> just no. such so the thickness of love with that story. And just I would be remiss not to share this thought in my head is just the shout out to your parents because the ripple effect of parenting is a parallel to what happens with leadership, right? But even deeper, obviously. But the ripple effect of our parenting, so many people are 50, 67 years old and still challenged by the ripple effect that wasn't good. And to see how many leaders you impact every day and what you're doing to just transform how leaders show up in workplaces that really derive fulfillment and meaning for people and where it came from. Big shout out. Is it the Trepaneers? Can I, is that 
Mr. and Mrs. Yeah, Trepanier, yeah. wherever you yeah. are. I just want to say big shout out to you. Just such an incredible story. Um, so this time goes so fast and we want to get to our lightning round. So David, before we go, thank you so much for being our co-host again today. I always love co-hosting with you. Can you tell us about your work real quick in healthcare and the incredible product that you and your team have created called Cabana, which I personally am such a huge fan of. Can you just make sure our audience knows a little bit about what you do and what Cabana is? Yeah. Thanks, Nikki. This is just a treat to get to, to chat with you. My my passion is about creating safe spaces for difficult conversations. And I am a big believer in social support and that making the world feel a bit smaller for folks when they have difficult times. And so that's really kind of where my heart is. So I'm thankful that um, you, know, you shared the, the support um, that you've been able to get. So we essentially work with healthcare professionals all across the U.S. We're supporting 80,000 healthcare professionals in different states, different roles, and we connect all of them every single day to one another through professionally moderated groups. We give them a safe shared space, a digital environment where they can come as they are and be candid about what they're facing. And we're really just uh, leveraging a form of mental health where it's a complement to traditional therapy and recognizing that Mental health is more than just one-to-one -one therapy. It's something we work on each day and you need to have the, the support structures for it. So thanks, Nikki, for letting me share. Absolutely. And I know you guys have all kinds of great resources. We'll find something to link out in the show notes about Even Health and Cabana for those of you that want, might want to learn a little bit more. Yeah. So you can follow up that way. I know that was really short, yeah, short and sweet, but thank you so much again for co-hosting. And Syl, we're going to be right back with our lightning round question, and we're going to throw an extra one in there that I just thought about. So we're going to go to our sponsor message for the day and come right back. And we're going to do a quick lightning round with Syl Trepanier. We'll be right back. If you're leading with a people-first mindset, which most likely you are because you're listening to Gut Plus Science, join People Forward Network, the largest community of humans on a shared mission to lead meaningful work. You can find us at peopleforwardnetwork.com or follow People Forward Network on LinkedIn. All right. We're back on Gut Plus Science with Dr. Syl Trepanier. And we always start our lightning round with the same question. So there's no surprise here if you've ever listened to Gut Plus Science. We have a growing list of like over 300 recommended readings. It's the top book, whether that is your favorite book right now, something that's inspiring you, or your favorite book of all time. What book would you like to recommend to our leader listener audience? Just in the moment, I changed my mind on this one, and um, I just finished reading, um, maybe about a month ago, Marcus Cunningham's latest book called Love Plus Work. Highly, highly recommended. Okay, we'll link that one out. Okay, now, next question. Tell us one thing that made you smile this week. We have a one-year-old puppy. His name is Gatsby. He is the most curious and smart dog we've ever had. Now, with that comes a heck of a lot of trouble. But somehow, somewhere, just the way he turns around and he looks at me with all his, like, all the life, it's just like, he just like, he makes me crack up every time he turns around and I look at him. How about give us the one minute on what your self-care practice looks like? First of all, I'm going to say I'm not perfect at it. I will say that, but I am getting much better. I'm someone that requires a lot of sleep. I know that about myself. So I make sure that I schedule my day, I schedule my time, I schedule my travels, particularly if you have any listeners out there that also need a lot of sleep, but yet happen to be on the road, then you have to be very mindful 
about. So for example, I don't schedule a five o'clock flight in the morning because I'm going to cut down on all my sleep. So I'm very deliberate about I must get my sleep in. For number one, you don't want to be around me if I don't <laughs> if I don't have my hours of sleep. And then I would say, I mean, I spend three or four times a week at the gym. But what really fills my cup is when I go hiking up in the mountains. Being in the mountains just like fills me up. The energy just comes right back in. That's so awesome. I'm getting ready to go to a retreat in Sedona that has just hit my calendar and I'm so excited about it. And all right. So what is the best part of growing older? I am loving it. And I was just telling my husband this the other day. One thing that I like the best about it is I I have like more, I don't know if it's more, it's confidence and I'm not so much worried about not being liked by XYZ or, oh my God, what if I say this and someone's not going to like that? I don't think about that. I'm nice about it, but I know what I believe in and I don't have to, to be worried about it. Mm-hmm. I, that's yep. like the thing that I like the most about getting older. And still, right before we go, I want to make sure that if people want to stay in touch with you. Oh, is that Gatsby? That's Gatsby. That is Gatsby. He, in the- he heard us talk about him. He's like, listen, I'm going to be on this podcast. Awesome. <laughs> so, um, so before we go, how can our listeners stay in touch with you after? Well, a few things. You can follow me on LinkedIn. And also, we can connect via web presence, drsiltripenier.care. Okay, y'all, my truth you can act on had to wait a few weeks because I needed to let it like just sit, settle and get in there, right? Like it's just so good. Sill, shout out. Jeesh. Wow, you inspired me. You are inspiring so many. Here's my truth you can act on. I'm just going to ramble because I've got so much. Love is the core to trust. It is the heart that sets the tone for trust to happen. Interdependence between love and trust allows for inspiration to occur. We must be a loving leader first. Before we can do, give, have all the things, we must be a loving leader first. Trust is formed and nurtured by us showing up as loving leaders. Powerful morning routines start the day and you hear game changer, you know, leaders and people and goats that stand out with their powerful morning routine. And Syl talked about visualization in the morning and then also having a routine in the evening and very much about reflection and gratitude. A leader inspires people to have confidence in themselves. Gratitude is the core, model it for others and help them build gratitude as a habit. Wow. So awesome. Hey, Syl. I was so glad to hear that uh, Gatsby was able to join us as well. We love dogs on this show. As you'll see, I have one in my company and sitting right here on my floor as I record. So gosh, just such a great way to pour into leaders. And I hope everybody's inspired and so excited for what's to come in 2023. Show up with more love and watch how your leadership deepens. We just left the world a little bit better. Now, go do something with it.